When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 34 of the Hockey News on the Dove, brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm, back here with Adam Kersenblatt, and we are returning with our first episode of season two of the pod. Thanks to everybody for listening and making season one a success. We're excited to uh, get things going for you here again in what promises to be another great year of hockey in the WHL, with preseason games already getting underway this week. A little bit of a change from our usual format over the next two weeks as we want to get you caught up on the biggest news of the offseason in a reasonably digestible way. So uh, we'll cover what are now the 11 teams in the Western Conference in this week's episode, then run through the 11 teams in the East next week. In the interest of time, we won't go too deep, just hit on the uh, biggest question facing each team going into the new season and a key player to watch. So uh, let's dive right in, starting with the BCD division and the team that finished first in the standings last season, the Kamloops Blazers. In the playoffs, they reached the Western Conference final before falling to the Seattle Thunderbirds. And then as host of the Memorial Cup, they bowed out in the tiebreaker with a loss to the Peterborough Peets from the OHL. Everything is status quo with the Blazers this season organizationally. organizationally. Uh, GM and head coach Sean Clouston will be returning for another season. So, uh, all right, hit me, Adam. What's your uh, biggest question as you look at the Blazers going into the new season? Well, I think, uh, you know, the obvious uh, point and the obvious biggest question is you lose Logan Stankoven, you lose Olin Zellweger. Uh, how are you going to replace those two players? So in the 80 games uh, combined uh, for the two of them, they had 149 points. Uh, that's not easy to uh, replace, replicate, anything like that. So uh, they should have, you know, Matthew Semenoff and Fraser Minton back, but they're because they're losing so many players because they did stack up and stock up for the Memorial cup, it's going to be a very young team. So will they be able to carry that team or will there be uh, some questions on whether or not they should start their rebuild this season? Uh, and you think that uh, the back end might be an area of particular concern? Yes. Uh, we'll see if Kyle masters comes back, but that defense last season didn't really produce a lot offensively outside of Zellweger. So Somebody's going to have to step up and uh, we'll, we'll kind of see how this uh, defense uh, shapes itself. And then uh, for your player to watch from the Blazers, uh, you've targeted right winger Connor Levis, who was drafted by Winnipeg in the seventh round last June. Yes. So Connor Levis coming off a career season that's on uh, scores 27 goals and 67 points. Uh, he's going to have more opportunities this season uh, and he should eclipse the 30 goal mark probably around that 75 point mark. But one thing to watch about Connor Levis is if they do go down that rebuild route, that might be a target for another team uh, near the trade deadline or leading up to the trade deadline. So he could really benefit from a strong start to the season. If you're looking at this from a organizational uh, point of view from the Kamloops Blazers. 
Yeah, he could be and end up being one of those guys who brings back multiple pieces when uh, when the trade deadline rolls around. Um, Levis was also one of the oldest players in uh, in the draft class in Nashville in June. He turns 19 next month on August, uh, sorry, October 5th. So um, he'll be kind of ahead of the curve from a, compared to a lot of his uh, 2023 draft mates. Uh, second up in this pod, we've got the Prince George Cougars, who finished second in the BC division last year. Mark Lamb is still at the helm there as coach and general manager, and the Cougars improved by one spot in last year's regular season standings, moving from third up to second. Uh, they also fell to the Thunderbirds in the playoffs in the second round. Uh, so your big question, uh, can the Cougars take another step forward this year and uh, grab on to first place in the BC division for the first time since 2017? So on paper, this is uh, the best team in the BC uh, division. Other people I've talked to around the WHO agree with this. This is basically Prince George's year to win that BC division. You know, you look at some of the guys that they have, whether it's uh, Riley Height or uh, Cohen Zemer, they got strong goaltending in Ty Young, uh, Willem Kametz uh, and uh, Hudson Thornton on the back end. Who knows if Ethan Sampson's coming back? That's a question. He's eligible to come back. I don't, I think, Philadelphia would rather have him in the AHL, but if he does come back, that's another boost. Uh, I know that they lost Chase Wheatcroft, but they have enough talent to, I think, replace that. And uh, Riley Height is my projection for the uh, top score in the WHL this year. So it should be a very, very fun year in Prince George. Um, yeah, when I was looking at uh, at some of the uh, marks from last season, I saw that uh, Height set a franchise record with the Cougars last year with 72 assists. Um, so he's already in Prince George's record book. He was selected in the second round by Minnesota at the draft, and Zemer went to uh, the Los Angeles Kings in round three. So uh, if Prince George is a team to watch, who's your player to watch on the Cougars this year? So my player to watch will be draft NHL draft eligible defenseman Tyson uh, Buchowski uh, originally drafted 15th by the Cougars in 2021. He played 13 games with them last uh, season and he also helped the Saskatoon uh, Blazers U18 AAA team win the bronze medal at the 2023 TELUS Cup and was also at the U17s for uh, Team Black uh, last season. He's an excellent skater, thrives in the transition game and I think that he has the chance to be a top 64 pick. So top two rounds in the NHL draft this year and playing with Hyde and Zemer and Hudson Thornton, who was phenomenal last year, I think will only help boost his uh, draft stock as the season goes on. All right. Good news. Somebody to keep an eye on there, Tyson. Uh, now moving on to third place in the BC division from last year, where we had the Vancouver Giants. Uh, they fell to Kamloops in the first round of the playoffs, and they do have an organizational change this summer as well. After Michael Dick left to join the Toronto Marlies coaching staff, uh, the Giants have brought in a new coach in Manny Viveros. He does have some WHL experience, but most recently was with the Henderson Silver Knights in the W or sorry, in the AHL. So uh, what's your biggest question this year about the Giants, the team that you watch most closely? Yes. Uh, well, the biggest question is, will this youth movement that they've been kind of building up to for the last couple of years finally take over? Uh, they've really put a lot of stock into their 2006, 7, and 8 draft class. So you're talking about players like Cameron Schmidt, Colton Lawn, and uh, new arrival Merrick Howell, Will they be able to uh, take that next step and become top-of-the-line contributors? They also brought in Adam Tittleback, uh, Tittlebach, who's uh, 
going to be draft eligible this year over in the import draft. He's uh, very excited to be in Vancouver. He was at the U-17s last year. Uh, when I had talked to him a couple weeks ago, yeah, he just uh, he called the WHL the best junior league in the world, and he's ready to uh, show what he can do after uh, coming over from uh, Chechia. So um, will these guys be able to develop and support uh, players like Jaden Lipinski and Mazden Leslie, and uh, as he's now known, Sam Honzik? Uh, that was confirmed by him uh, over the weekend that it is uh, Sam or Samuel, whichever one kind of feel like, but he's going by Sam at the moment. Right. Uh, and will they be able to you know, take that next step? So not just win a couple games, but maybe win around in uh, the first round. Uh, that's great. Uh, any other little uh, juicy tidbits that you picked up from uh, from your time around training camp over the last few days? Uh, well, Sam Honzik is going to develop as a winger for the Calgary Flames. Uh, both him and Jaden Lipinski will be headed up to Penticton. Uh, and uh, the team does have a few players that will be going to training camp uh, on tryouts, uh, but that will be announced later on in the week. All right. All good stuff to watch and uh, and looking forward to it. Um, I will be in Penticton next week at Young Stars. So uh, looking forward to uh, to chatting with Jaden and uh, and Sam when they put on the Calgary Flames jerseys for the first time and uh, make the uh, first first steps into their NHL lives. Um, now, who's your uh, player to watch on the Giants this year? So my player to watch is center slash winger Ty Halliburta. Uh, this was a player that I was really surprised wasn't picked in the NHL draft. Uh, speedy forward that plays a strong two-way game. He is a little bit on the smaller side, uh, which could have been one of the reasons that he uh, dropped out of this year's draft. But um, I, I would say that this is a guy who has a chip on his shoulder and he's ready to show the NHL GMs that they you know, made a mistake by uh, passing on him uh, in this year's draft. And We'll see uh, how he kind of does this season and if it's enough to get him that opportunity in the 2024 NHL draft. Yeah, good good to hear. Uh, friend of the podcast, Ty Halliburta from last season. If you want to uh, hear more from Ty, you can go back in the archives and check out our interview with him from uh, just after he got back from the uh, World U18 tournament last spring. Um, up next, in uh, fourth place in the BC Division last year, we had the Kelowna Rockets. Uh, they're continuing with GM Bruce Hamilton and Coach Chris Millette behind the bench. Uh, and uh, they made the first round of the playoffs and like three or two other teams, I guess, on this list that we've already talked about. They also were eliminated by the Seattle Thunderbirds and their uh, nasty knife of death as they worked their way through to uh, to to the uh, WHL championship. So uh, what's the biggest question mark in your mind about the Rockets this year, Adam? So when you look at the Kelowna Rockets, the biggest question uh, surrounding that organization is, will these new recruits that they got this year uh, be able to kind of balance out the scoring? So they were really heavy on Andrew Crystal, and you could tell when he was out of the lineup, there was virtually no offense. You know, some nights they would be lucky to put up a goal with uh, Andrew Crystal not in the lineup. So you could definitely tell that that was a team that he drove. And the hope is that with the um, uh, with the uh, new players such as Tija Ginla and Hiroki uh, Goisik, Ginla came over via trade, Goisik came over, he was in the BCHL, he came over via signing. Uh, these are two offensively driven players. So even if they're not playing with Crystal, the hope is that they can kind of balance out their line lineup and of course Andrew 
Crystal has to stay healthy. That's the big question. That's the biggest thing around the uh, Kelowna Rockets this year. If he can stay healthy and those guys can contribute as well as other players that they have brought in uh, kind of to fill out their roster, then Kelowna could be very dangerous this season. Uh, if Crystal does stay healthy, I feel like he's the kind of guy who is going to come back with some swagger after his first NHL training camp experience. It seems like he's being really well supported by, uh, by the Washington Capitals so far. And uh, if he comes back um, ready to, uh, to, to show that he's more than uh, Connor Bedard's childhood friend, I think it could be a, a really exciting season from him this year. Just, uh, just my little two cents. Do you agree? Yeah. And uh, just thinking of Andrew Crystal and Alex Ovechkin on the same line together, at the uh, even if it's in training camp, because you think of how like smart of a playmaker Crystal is, and Alex Ovechkin being Alex Ovechkin, you know, put like Nicholas Backstrom in between those two, and that could be a pretty uh, dangerous line, you know, t- three four years if Ovechkin and Backstrom play that long. And yeah, uh, it's a it, it, I mean it's a very interesting uh, time for Washington to sort of finish this era out while also ushering in the new, and uh, that should be a big opportunity for uh, for young players like Crystal. So uh, officially, who is your Kamloop or Cloner Rockets player to watch this year? So this would be uh, undrafted center uh, Michael Chichek, uh brought in from Spokane in May for a fifth rounder in 2026, uh, 19 year old. This is a guy who has some experience in the WHL over the last two seasons. And it's a player who you might not see at the top of the lineup, more of a middle six, bottom six guy. But those players are really important at the WHL level because even though they might not score a ton, that's your physical presence. That's sometimes your shutdown guys. Uh, and those are also players that are going to help usher in the, you know, the 2006s, 2007s, so the younger players that are coming up and going through this draft process and learning the WHL. So that was a very smart move to bring him in uh, and we'll see how it uh, pays off later on. All right. And then uh, to wrap up the BC division, we have the Victoria Royals who failed to make the playoffs last year for the second straight division sliding into, uh, into fifth place in the division. Uh, They are back with Dan Price as their general manager and head coach again. Uh, Is their playoff status the biggest question? Are they going to be able to bump that slump this year? Um, Yes. So this is Victoria in the WHL. It is, very difficult to miss the playoffs three years in a row just based off of kind of how the the recycle process goes as in you know you build up your prospect system and then a team that maybe went to the memorial cup starts to drop and you start to uh raise up the standing so i do think that it's going to be victoria's year to make the playoffs uh you look at kind of their back end that's their strong suit suit right now they had Justin Kipke and Kalen Parker both drafted into the NHL this year. Uh, Gannon LaRock, he signed in uh, with the San Jose Sharks already to the entry-level contract. We'll see if he returns. He was injured all of last year, but he's 20, so AHL is a possibility. But if he comes back, that's three NHL defensemen on the back end. And you're kind of mixing them in with this really young group of forwards uh, they still have to sort out their goaltending a little bit, but overall, this is going to be an exciting team to watch, and I think that they do break the slump this year. 
All right. Uh, that's that's good to hear. You never want to see a team sort of uh, wallowing for too long. So uh, Victoria could be a team on the rise and, uh, and fun to watch this season as we see how things roll on for them. Now, you've picked a, 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 a relative youngster, a 16-year-old, as your player to watch from the Royals this year. Yes, uh, that would be center Cole Reshny, uh, third overall pick in the 2022 WHL draft. And you know what? This is a kid who dominated as a 15-year-old for the Saskatoon uh, Blazers U18 team. 65 points in 34 games for a player, a 15-year-old forward playing at a U18 AAA level. Like, that's not seen very often. And that's why people in Victoria should be really excited. Uh, he's going to take center stage uh, now at the WHL level. He is Victoria's top player as of right now. And he's going to be on their first line uh, to start the year. Dynamic offensive threat. Uh, he's going to be somebody to watch, not for this year's draft, but for 2025's uh, NHL draft. So we're already looking two years in the future with uh, Cole Reshny. All right. Well, that's super fun. You kind of buried the lead there where you're like, oh, they'll be really sturdy defensively. And it's like, oh, by the way, they also have this hotshot 16-year-old coming in. So uh, uh, that should... Uh, sell some tickets at uh, Save on Foods Memorial Center in Victoria as the Royals get rolling this year. Um, so the, if the uh, if the Royals do make the playoffs, then that begs the question, uh, which BC division team is, has to make way for them? Who do you think is going to end up missing this year in a, in a way too early prediction? So I have to go with Kamloops because nobody really knows how the season's going to unfold for them. You know, are they going to, is like, is somebody going to step up? They don't, you know, they don't really have a big draft prospect pool because they traded all of their picks basically to Everett for the next three years and Edmonton and all these other teams to build up on this uh, Memorial Cup run. So is this the year that you see a, you know, a Fraser Minton or a Matthew Semenoff or a Connor Levis being traded so that they can recoup those assets? I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. Uh, for them to go into a rebuild, but just based off of the unknown. And that's why I think that Kamloops is kind of that early predictor for who's going to miss in the BC division. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And just from the vibe that I felt with the sort of disappointment that the fan base was feeling after uh, after they did get bumped in the Memorial Cup fairly early, I don't think that's going to be too hard of a sell for their fans. Like they sort of know that they pushed in all their chips. They came up a little shorter than they would have liked. And if that's what it takes to get back to a high level to sort of regroup and rebuild from the, uh, you know, from the younger players and, and get that prospect pool pumped up again um i think that's something that their fan base would uh would be comfortable with at this stage like they they knew that memorial cup was kind of the pinnacle of what all the planning from the last couple of years was about so um if that's what it is it's you know kind of a you know 2023 chicago blackhawks type situation where uh, everybody everybody understands that it's for the uh, the long-term greater good and they can only hope that it will work out as well as uh, it appears to have for the uh, for the blackhawks i guess we shouldn't assume too much when we haven't seen anything on the ice yet but uh, we'll see how it goes mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, let's move on now to the U.S. division, uh, starting with the team that did win the WHL championship, the Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, their quest for the Memorial Cup, of course, also fell a little bit short um, as they lost to Patrick Waugh's Quebec Ramparts in the tournament final. So, uh Understandably, Seattle is coming back with GM Bill LaForge and coach Matt Odette. Uh, what's your biggest question mark from the champions this year? Well, it's kind of the same as uh, Kamloops. You know, do they have enough firepower to stay not just out of the playoff relegation or out of the, you know, in the playoffs, but at the top of the U.S. division? You know, they still have guys like Nico Majadovic, uh, Scott Ratzlaff, and hopefully Kevin Korczynski. We'll see if, you know, Chicago sends him back to the WHL at 19. He has a chance. Uh, but I think I think uh, a lot of people are just in a wait and see pattern with the Chicago Blackhawks and their uh and what they're gonna do this year. Um but you know they've gone to back to back WHL championships and they've given up plenty of young talent uh to get to that elite level and they're gonna really need a strong push from their 2006 2007 class if they want to go on a uh, another uh long playoff run this year. All right, and who's your uh, player to watch that uh, got drafted to a Western Canadian uh, NHL team back in June? Yeah, it's going to be a defenseman, uh, Sawyer Minio, uh, Canucks third rounder from this year's draft. Uh, plenty of pressure on him, and uh, he's going to be expected to take on uh, more minutes and more responsibility. You know, you look at this uh, blue line, they're going to be losing Lo- Luke Prokop, which was, um, which was a massive addition for them, but he's aged out, so... Will Minio be able to take on that added responsibility? And like I mentioned, if Korczynski is not back, that's even more responsibility for Minio, maybe even on the power play on the first unit. So uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. And also, he's a Vancouver Canuck prospect playing, what, three hours away from Vancouver. Like, he's going to feel the pressure. That's what happens with Canuck prospects. So uh, <laughs> this is going to be a massive year for Sawyer Minio. And uh, I'm excited to see kind of how he meets the pressure and if he can. Uh, get to that level that the Canucks uh, coaching or scouting staff think that he can. Yeah, I was kind of looking at it from the other point of view that it's been a while since the Canucks have had a, a prospect that uh, that fans can watch relatively closely as opposed to toiling away in the Swedish second division at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday or whatever. Without Chris Faber, we would all be lost in terms of what's going on with all the uh, all the overseas prospects that the Canucks tend to load up on. So uh, as you say, many is going to be a lot more visible than, uh, than Canucks fans are used to seeing. And uh, so it will be uh, awesome if he gets more responsibility and is able to sort of take the take the bull by the horns in that case. Um, finishing second last year in the U.S. division was the uh, the Portland Winterhawks, and uh, although that was you know solid, especially behind a powerhouse team like Seattle, it seemed like it was kind of a quiet year for them. And then uh, they bowed out to Kamloops in the second round of the playoffs. They're back for another year, of course, with their longtime GM and head coach Mike Johnson. So, uh, what's the the biggest question mark for the Winterhawks this year? Um, it's got to be goaltending. Uh, you know, they have a solid defensive group. They've got really exciting forwards, but what is uh, Jan Spoonar going to do as the team starter? Um, uh, last year, uh, Dante Giannuzzi, he was very, very good for that. Uh, Portland Winterhawks team stole them a couple games. Uh, so can Spoonar basically repeat what uh, happened last year? So right now, 
Uh, Justin Merrick uh, looks like the backup, but he's only played nine, uh, four WHL games and he's 19 years old. They have a couple other, you know, younger goaltenders that are showing well at training camp, but they're going to need a solid backup. And uh, that's going to be something maybe we look at via trade if they're not necessarily 100% happy with how they have situations set up. And as we all know, goaltending, it can take you to a Memorial Cup final or it could cost you in the first round. So that is definitely one area to uh, pay attention to for the Portland Winterhawks. All right, good to know. And then uh, on the back end, your player to watch was uh, scooped up by the San Jose Sharks in the fourth round of the draft. Yeah, and that's uh, defenseman Luca Cagnoni, who I still can't believe went in the fourth round. I get it. He's not the biggest defenseman. But, I mean, how many you know players do we have to watch have success before teams realize that defensemen don't need to be, you know, six foot four, 200 pounds. Like they, you know, you can, you can draft them a little bit earlier than the fourth round, but uh, he should be among the league leader in points by a defenseman once again. And uh, I'm really interested to see what the Sharks plan for him is because obviously he's going to go to their training camp. He's going to go to their preseason and they're going to work on stuff with him. And then they're going to send him back to work on those things. So will they say, just go out and get as many points as you can. Or are they going to say, let's, even though you are strong defensively, let's see more focus on the defensive game. You know, let's see you kind of a, a evolve your game. Are you going to play more shorthanded minutes? Like, so the sharks are going to play a massive impact on him this season. And I'm kind of interested to watch how that development goes over uh, this uh, year. Yeah, for sure. What we saw from Canyoni last year was a player with a ton of heart. Like he may be small of stature, but his heart is like like three sizes bigger. However, that uh, that old Grinchy stole Christmas metaphor kind of goes. Um, and a guy who's been very very coachable and really been able to take advantage of the opportunity that he was given in Portland as kind of an unheralded player, even when he came into major juniors. So, um, as you say, if he can internalize the info that he gets from San Jose and use that to make himself even better. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with you that it seems like the fourth round was, was low for him and that uh, he might turn out to be one of those cool draft steals that uh, Mike Greer can kind of, uh, you know, brag about in a few years down the road, probably, you know, I mean, it's a defenseman. So maybe five years down the road, we don't want to rush him too much, but uh, I, I like your choice there. Uh, we've got the Tri-City Americans next. They finished third in the U S division last season and their brief playoff run ended in the first round at the hands of Prince George. Uh, they're coming back with their same bosses. They've got Bob Torrey as their GM and Stu Barnes as the head coach. Uh, what's the biggest question about Tri-City? Well, like uh, Portland, it's uh, the goaltending. Uh, last year, Thomas Sukanek was pretty unbeatable uh, for Tri-City. You know, we all remember him from his uh, World Junior performance. Uh, but he's a 20-year-old, he's an import, and he wasn't on their uh, training camp roster. Uh, and currently, Tri-City does already have two imports on the roster. So what's going to happen with Thomas Sukanek is he wasn't drafted. He hasn't signed a... Uh, deal with an AHL team yet so is he back going back to Europe what's the story there uh, I don't see him coming back just based off of the evidence that we've seen so far which means uh, Nicholas uh, Avakian will be the starter but this is a player who kind of has struggled for the first two years of his WHL career uh, they don't really have a super reliable backup at the moment it's like they have a lot of young guys which a lot of WHL teams have so that is a major question uh, for Tri-City. And 
that's one of those questions that could be the difference between them finishing first in the U.S. and finishing third or fourth. All right. Um, but they do, uh, like Victoria, have a, a flashy 16-year-old center that you have ID'd as your player to watch. Yes, that would be uh, Jordan Gavin, uh, projected first rounder in 2025. Last year with uh, Tri-City, he had 22 goals and 54 points. So that is pretty impressive from, you know, most players even as... Remember, Gavin's a little bit, uh, his birthday is later. So he did play as a 16-year-old. This will be a 17-year-old season. Uh, so he, he'll turn 17 a little bit later on in the season before the new year starts. Uh, but as a 16, you know, 15, 16-year-old to put up 22 goals is pretty impressive. So uh, we'll see what happens. I would say that if he can hit the 35 goal mark, that's going to be massive, especially because they lost uh, Ernst this uh, past season. Um, who was a 30-goal scorer for Tri-City last year. So uh, if he can you know, hit that 35-goal mark uh, in combination with what Lucas Dragasevic can do, I think it will be massive for uh, Tri-City in the long run. All right. And then uh, our fourth-place team uh, from last season was the Everett Silvertips. Uh, they are back with Canada's 2023 World Junior gold, gold medal winning coach Dennis Williams uh, as coach and GM. Uh, he had to deal with some rather uh, unsavory allegations over the summer, but uh, was cleared uh, of all possible wrongdoing by both the WHL and the U.S. Center for Safe Sports. So Williams is back in charge and the, everything is cool and uh, the silver tips will be able to continue on uh, sort of as planned uh last year they were dispatched by portland in the first round of the playoffs so uh what's your big question for the silver tips uh the biggest question is where will this offense uh come from you know if you look at their final totals last year they're going to be missing five of their top eight uh point getters from last season you know that five includes zellweger and ryan hofer who didn't play you know last couple months of the season but they still ended up in the top uh eight so they're going to rely heavily on Austin uh, Roost, uh, Jesse Heslop, and uh, Ben Hammerleg, as well as uh, Julius Mietnin, who uh, came over from uh, Finland. He's going to be a top uh, 2024 NHL draft prospects projected. Um, so if these guys can lead the blue, uh, lead the offense, uh, Everett should be in okay shape, but that U.S. division is really tough. Uh, you need depth scoring, so... There, that's the real question is who's going to step up outside of those guys to provide offense for the uh, Everett Silvertips. All right. So uh, Miettinen's a little bit of a wild card as a prospect that we should be keeping an eye on. Um, but you've also picked a 19-year-old who spent last season with Victoria as your uh, official player to watch. Yeah. So this is a similar seat, uh, situation to Michael Chichek in uh, Kelowna. Uh, Teja Paton uh, came over from Victoria to um, the Everett Silvertips, 19-year-old, uh, undrafted, you know, a player that has some experience. Looks like their second-line center, you know, could be in that third-line center spot as well, but will definitely be uh, part of their special teams unit. And this is a guy that will hopefully bring on, bring in those next wave of players, you know, help them develop, help them get used to the WHL. And that would be massive for Everett if he can do that, plus contribute, you know, in that 30 to 40 point range. 
Perfect. And then uh, we're on to the Spokane Chiefs now, who uh, finished fifth in the U.S. division last year under GM Matt Bardsley and coach Ryan Smith. Uh, that was a playoff miss for them for the first time since 2017. Uh, so they are coming into this season with arguably the brightest w draft eligible prospect in the dub this season, and that would be Berkeley Catton. So uh, he's your, uh, your your biggest question for the uh, for the the Chiefs this year? Yeah, so, uh, you know, biggest question mark going in is what does Berkeley Cadden have in store for year two? Uh, projected top 10 pick in this year's draft, maybe even top five. Uh, the center will be looking uh, to lead the team in scoring once, uh, you know, once again and have uh, and take over at a leadership point of view. He was the captain over at the Helenka Gretzky. Uh, he's ready to take over that leadership point of view, even though he is only, a, he hasn't been drafted yet. Uh, so that will be very interesting to see how he manages the two. And this will be a, you know, a similar situation to what we saw with Andrew Crystal last year in Kelowna. Uh, the team results are going to rely heavily on what Berkeley Catton can do. Uh, and I would say that, you know, a 35 goal season with over 80 points is kind of where we would should expect Berkeley if he stays healthy the entire year. Um, yeah, that doesn't sound unreasonable. He had 55 points last year in 63 games. And, uh, and as you mentioned, he was probably one of Canada's strongest players, if not the strongest at the Helenka Gratsky, um, not just wearing the C, but also uh, tying for the tournament lead with 10 points and, uh, you know, picking up the gold medal along the way as Canada tends to do at that tournament. So uh, a nice confidence booster for Catton there with the uh, Helenka Gratsky experience. Uh, and so he's should be a, a fun player to watch this year on Spokane. Now, uh, who is your player to watch from the Chiefs? So that is their goaltender, Cooper uh, Mihalik. Um, we'll see kind of what happens with Cooper this season. Uh, he wasn't drafted last year, uh, so that's something to watch. You know, a strong season could help him get into that draft uh, category. It seems that NHL teams are more interested in older goaltenders uh you know those players that were maybe passed over one draft or two draft so a big uh, season up ahead and just based off how Spokane's roster is uh constructed he's going to face a lot of shots and if Spokane wants to have a good year it's going to be because he was able to steal them some games so uh I we'll see how that works out we'll see how their goaltending in general uh, works out, but that is definitely one of the areas to watch this season for Spokane. Fantastic. And then to uh, finish things off today, we've got the new arrival in the U.S. division. Uh, at the end of last season, the Winnipeg Ice were sold to the owners of the BCHL's Wenatchee Wild franchise, and they are super excited to be bringing a Western League team into their region. Um, the Ice, of course, were the top team in the entire WHL in the regular season last year, uh, finishing at the top of the standings before falling to Seattle in the WHL final. Um, so now that they are neighbors with Seattle, that could help uh, stoke a nice rivalry to get things going um, between uh, the Wild and, uh, and the Thunderbirds in Washington State. Um, the team is operating this season with its previous GM from the BCHL, Bliss Littler, and Kevin Constantine has been hired as head coach to replace James Patrick. So uh, what are your biggest questions around the new Wenatchee Wild? Well, I think the biggest question around Wenatchee is, you know, how will the players and just the organization itself react to being relocated? So not only are you moving from the east to the west, 
you're now moving to the US, which is a whole nother, um, which is a lot of other stuff that players and the organization has to deal, uh, deal with compared to being in Winnipeg. Um, and, you know, this team has a lot of talent, but they replaced virtually the entire organization. So you have to wonder how the players are going to react to the new coaching staff, the, the new travel, because Bonacci is a little bit closer than Winnipeg was to where everybody was. Uh, in the East last season. Um, so it's just kind of one of these situations to watch. You know, they have a ton of talent. They got multiple NHL drafted players who may or may not be back. Mostly, most likely will be back. Um, but like, it's it's a massive change. You know, you think of how difficult it is just to move like apartments or houses. Now mm-hmm. imagine moving an entire franchise finding new places for all of these players, finding new schools, finding, setting up any type of, and also changing from the BCHL model to the WHL model. So it will be very interesting to see. They have their hands full for sure. Um, But I think that uh, they could be an exciting team once they get kind of their feet on the ground, everything uh, settled down. And uh, that, like you said, that fan base is ready. So that should be exciting to watch. Yeah. So, who have you picked as your uh, as your player to watch in Central Washington? Uh, it's going to be uh, goaltender Daniel Hauser. Um, he's one of those players that sometimes forget about on the Winnipeg uh, Ice the last couple years because they were such a stacked team and everything. But he has been dominant, and he's been one of the reasons they've been one of the top teams the last two years. Um, the biggest question now is he's been a first team divisional All Star the last two seasons. Will he be able to uh, capture his third? He's going to a lot of competition, especially from Scott Ratzlaff and Thomas Millich, maybe, uh, depending on what happens in that situation. Uh, so I'm excited to see what Daniel Hauser do- can do. And I think that he'll get a little bit more appreciation now that Winnipeg doesn't have... Th- their team is not as strong as they have been in the past, but overall, they're still a very talented team. So I think that this is the opportunity for people to realize how good Daniel Hauser actually is. Yeah. And as you say, um, I I spoke to the Wenatchee GM uh, a few weeks ago for a story that will be coming out uh, in uh, our magazine of the the Hockey News very soon. Um, And he was talking about uh, how strong the attendance has been, that they regularly draw like around 2,500 fans uh, for for the BCHL and have sold more season ticket since this uh, WHL changeover happened. Um, The Western League is the team that their fans are the most familiar with because of the teams surrounding them. So when they go, like when the kids that play hockey go on travel tournaments and go to places like Spokane or Everett, then they'll like go watch the WHL games later. So the opportunity to actually like be playing against those teams and having those players coming into their barn is something that they're all really looking forward to. So it seems like um, even though Wenatchee is a pretty small town, the level of love that the wild um, are going to get is going to be on a different level from what, uh, what the ice were getting in Winnipeg where they were sort of, you know, a little bit forgotten despite how successful they were on the ice. So uh, I'm really curious to see how that, uh, how that all plays out. I feel like a player like Hauser may end up uh, getting a lot of that love. Like I'm sort of thinking almost the Seattle Kraken model of like, you know, when new fans attach themselves to, uh, to, to players and you've got a 19 year old goaltender who went 37, four and 
from one last season. I'm guessing he's going to uh, have a few spectacular stops uh, in his glove that he's going to be able to throw it against some of those uh, star players from the other uh, the other um, U.S. division teams that will endear him to the fan base pretty quickly. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Um, so that's our wrap up. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't put you on the spot again and uh, ask you to ID the two players that uh, or the two teams that you think will end up missing the playoffs this year from the U.S. division. So, yeah, because 11 teams, three teams missed the uh, playoffs, which I mean, if you're a BC or U.S. division, probably is not as ideal as last year where only two teams missed. But I'm going to go with uh, Spokane uh, and Everett. Both are very young teams. Both have some question marks surrounding their team. Both have good, solid players. But I think that when you look at Tri-City, Portland, Seattle, and Wenatchee, I think those are four teams that are going to really... Like, those, you can basically pencil those four teams into the playoffs right now, I feel like. Um but it does get interesting because, you know, there's three. So it doesn't have to be two from the U.S. But I think when you look at all of everything, I think that Everett and Spokane are your uh, early predictions for potentially missing the playoffs. Got it. All right. That wraps up our uh, Western Conference preview for this week. Next week, we will turn our attention to uh, the Wild's old foes from the Eastern Conference, uh, where they will only have 11 teams to deal with. And that will be part two of our 2023-2024 WHL season preview. Thanks again for tuning in, listening today. If you haven't done so already, please make sure that you subscribe to THN on the dub brought to you by BetMGM on your favorite podcast platform. And then you'll get us in your feed whenever we drop new episodes, which should be pretty much weekly going forward. Uh, if you do want to listen back to any of our episodes for season one or any of the other episodes from our Hockey News podcast family, you can always catch up at uh, thehockeynews.com slash podcast. Thanks again. Take care, be safe, and we will talk to you again soon.